over. Well, as has already been said, today is Mother's Day, a celebration day throughout the UK which provides many opportunities for children to write the right lovely things in their cards. <laughs> Probably something I would do in fairness when I was their age. So, you know, but I, I, won't, I won't condone that. But what I love about the body of Christ is we're able to take that one stage further, that stage of honouring mothers that bit further. Because within the body we have biological mothers, but as Kelly said, we have spiritual mothers. And I, for one, as I know Kelly has, have been incredibly blessed by women um, in my life who are not biological to me, but have blessed me no end, particularly in my walk with the Lord. But I do struggle with Mother's Day. I do struggle with Mother's Day. It can sometimes give this picture that women are soft and delicate and uh, sensitive souls. And where that might be true and is actually a beautiful thing, I don't think it always gives us the full picture. I really don't. Especially not the God-fearing, Jesus-loving, Christian women. I found many Christian women to be such women of faith, such women of obedience, of strength, and of purpose. Women who have done and continue to do mighty things in the name of Jesus. And on many occasions, I'm sorry to say this, men, but have put us men to shame. <laughs> but we have. We have been put to shame because of their obedience on the call on their life to follow and do what the Lord has placed on their hearts. Today, I want to look at an example of a woman in the Bible, and I make no apologies for this at all, okay? And you'll know why in a minute. Someone that, who we know very well. And I want to see how, through our surrender to God, the guidance of the Holy Spirit, we can be extraordinary people through whom God does extraordinary things. Extraordinary people through whom God can do extraordinary ordinary things. So if your Bible's with you, please turn with me to Luke 1. Yes, we're going backwards in Luke. <laughs> Luke 1, 26 to 38. So in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favoured one, the Lord is with you. For she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, 
Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son, and this is the, uh, uh, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Amen. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Well, Heavenly Father, what a privilege we have to open your word every Sunday, to read your truth without fear of persecution. Help us to never take that for granted. But this morning, Lord, I pray that I become transparent and that your people only hear your heart and your voice. Speak to us this morning, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, anyone that spent any time in the Bible knows that the Bible is full of amazing women. Amazing, faithful women. As an example, Ruth the Moabite. Ruth the Moabite, who after being widowed, stuck with her mother-in-law and was faithful to God that he would provide in what she did. Rahab, the story, the incredible story of Rahab. She sheltered the Israelite soldiers, putting her own life at risk, demonstrating in the process her faith in God. What a wonderful woman. Mary Magdalene, after being healed by Jesus, she became a faithful follower. She travelled with him. She witnessed his crucifixion, his burial, and he witnessed, she witnessed his, re, uh, his resurrection, the first to do so. And there's Elizabeth, who we've just read in our passage today. She was too old to conceive a child, but God made that possible. God made that possible. She went on to give birth to John the Baptist, who was the forerunner to Jesus uh, coming well, our Saviour, who has now come. Praise God. But then there was Mary. Mary, the mother of Jesus. I'm going to make no apologies to talk about Mary today. I've been wanting to talk about Mary for quite a while because she's such an inspiration, even to me, as she should be to us all. But who was Mary? Who was Mary? 
ask someone to name a famous Mary, and he or she, I'm pretty guaranteed, will at some point in that conversation go, oh, Mary, Mary, the mother of Jesus. They probably would, whether they were Christian or not, because she's such a, such a, 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 a famous Mary in the world. But for many of us, we only tend to hear about Mary at the same time that Cliff Richard songs start going on the radio. <laughs> it's true though, isn't it? Mary, we tend to talk about Mary around Christmas time, don't we? We associate Mary with Christmas, as we should. Absolutely we should. But we only tend to speak about her, mainly in her role as mother of Jesus, as we should. But we don't often necessarily look at her as Mary the woman. Just Mary the woman. So who is Mary? Well, Mary was from a town called Nazareth, as we read. Uh, uh, sorry, um, was born in Nazareth in Galilee. We spoke a lot about Galilee, haven't we, uh, since we started in Luke. Galilee was a town of around, estimated around 1,600 people. Most likely, Mary spoke Aramaic with a Galilean accent. That would be interesting to listen to, wouldn't it? And quite probably she was born into a peasant's family who would have earned money from small commerce and agriculture. Think of Joseph, who she was betrothed to. He was a carpenter, so that sort of uh, industry. As was the case for women back then, Mary would probably have spent most of her day in domestic chores, collecting the water, collecting the firewood, cooking the food, washing the utensils, washing the clothes, so on and so forth. It was doubtful that she could read or write, as literacy was quite rare among women back in those days. Her culture, the culture she grew up in, was very oral. It was very oral, very spoken. Hearing public reading of scripture they would tell stories together, sing songs together, read poetry. That's how they would learn. So in essence, to all intents and purposes, the picture that we get of Mary was an ordinary woman doing ordinary things, as did all the other ladies around who, who she lived around. But then one day, as we read, she was going about her normal business and an angel appeared to her. I mean, that would have been a frightening experience in and of itself. I'm sure we would all agree, right? If you know anything about, uh, if you've read anything about angels appearing in the Bible, they can be pretty scary, right? But the angel appeared and the angel had a message for Mary. And this message was that she was to fulfill an extraordinary task. An extraordinary task. Her extraordinary task was to carry, to give birth to, and to mother the coming foretold Messiah, our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, wow. What would you think if, if, if you were told that that was going to happen to you? 
Wow. But during Mary's encounter with the angel, we also witness Mary go from being an ordinary woman in her town, in her culture, an ordinary woman who is presented with an extraordinary task to being an extraordinary woman who had to fulfill an extraordinary task. Let's unpack that a bit deeper. So what made her extraordinary? I would suggest to you that that passage gives us two clues. Firstly, the presence of the Holy Spirit. And secondly, her faith and obedience. When Mary said to the angel, how will this be? For I am a virgin. The angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Now I'm hoping that I don't have to sit here and explain how human babies are made. That might be very awkward for some people. But in this situation, there is nothing that Mary needed or could do. There is nothing. The Holy Spirit would come upon her. He he would perform this incredible miracle without human sexual intercourse or medical um, intervention, purely by the power, the supernatural power of God. When was the last time you heard a genuine virgin who hadn't engaged in sexual intercourse or had any medical, when was the last time you heard of, 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 of a woman, a virgin woman, giving birth to a child? like that. We don't do it. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It'd be front page news. They'd be a millionaire. But it doesn't happen in this world, this fallen world that we live in. But when the supernatural meets the natural, it cannot be anything other than extraordinary. Does that make sense? When the supernatural meets the natural, it can't be anything but, anything but extraordinary. Because we don't see it all the time. Mary went from ordinary to extraordinary because and only because the Holy Spirit overshadowed her. And it was only by the power of God through the Holy Spirit, that meant Mary could undertake this extraordinary task. It had to be this way. As though Jesus is divine and also a genuine human being, he needed to be supernaturally conceived by the Holy Spirit so that he didn't inherit the sinful nature and disposition of Adam, thus being able to be the spotless lamb ransomed for the sins of the world. It had to be that way. So the first part of this is the Holy Spirit, the importance and the power of the Holy Spirit. But the second was Mary's faith and obedience. 
faith and obedience. Remember back a couple of weeks before the baptisms, um, which was wonderful, wasn't it, the baptisms? Yeah. I thought that was wonderful anyway. We've already got people to be baptised next time. So keep praying into that. That's a side note. Amazing, praise God. But just remember to the week before then, when I was talking about faith, I was talking about faith, and I said at the core of faith is confidence and trust. Confidence that God is who he says he is, and trust that he will do what he promises to do. But I want to take that one stage further today. If we are confident that God is who he says he is, and that we trust that he will do what he says he will do, isn't it reasonable to suggest that we would be obedient when he calls us to be obedient? Wouldn't that be fair to say? I think it would be fair to say. Yeah. That's if we truly believe the first two points. We would absolutely be obedient to his command. We may not have all the answers. We may not know what stepping out in obedient faith looks like or know what will happen when we do. But that is the power of faith. Faith is the overwhelming confidence and trust in God Almighty in whatever the situation and the circumstance is. And faith is the foundation for obedience and confidence in whatever God places in front of us. We see this obedient faith in Mary. The angel Gabriel has finished explaining to Mary what will happen and what is required of her. And what does she say? <coughs> Excuse me. What does she say? What is her response? I can't, I'm only a young teenager. Was that her response? I can't, I'm, I'm a lower class in this society. I'm a no one in this society. Does she say that? No. I can't because I want to hang out with my friends. I've got too many jobs, I've got too much, too many tasks to do. I can't because I don't feel worthy enough. She doesn't say any of that. Not one of those things at all. And remember, she would have been a young teenager. Her response is one <coughs> that we all, we all, whether we are male or female in this place today, her response is one that we should all sit up and listen to. Mm. A response that should inspire us all. I am the Lord's servant. May it be as you have said. Wow. Wow. Such faith and such obedience. She had confidence in who her God was. Yeah, she had confidence in who her God was. She trusted that he would do what he promised he would do. And that led to Mary's obedience. Was she scared? Most definitely. I can't doubt she wasn't scared. 
Was she worried? Most likely. Did she have all the answers? Of course she didn't. Of course she didn't. But what she did have was obedient faith. And it was her obedient faith that led her to say, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Wow. Lord, I want that faith. (laughs) From that moment, life changed for Mary. It changed for Mary. And that change became an inspiration for us all until the Lord returns. Mary, the ordinary woman who through her obedient faith in God and overshadowing of the Holy Spirit became an extraordinary woman who accomplished an extraordinary task. What about you? And I'm particularly speaking to the ladies now. It is Mother's Day. This goes the same with the men, but we'll talk to them another day. (laughs) What about you, ladies? Every one of you in this room that has truly accepted Jesus as your Lord and your Saviour, has been blessed by God and been given a helper, the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit, but he doesn't just overshadow you. He lives in you, lives in you, with you always. What a gift. What a gift. Heaven touching earth. Supernatural, touching natural. That by default, that by default makes you extraordinary. It makes you extraordinary. When heaven touches earth, when the supernatural touches the natural, it can be nothing else but extraordinary. If the Holy Spirit dwells in you, that makes you extraordinary. Amen. Jesus, not long before he ascended to heaven, he said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper who will never leave you never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it doesn't, it's not looking for him and doesn't recognise him. But you know him. You know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Well, praise God, we live post-Pentecost. He's not just with us. He is now in us. Ladies, he is in you. From the world's perspective, you are extraordinary because God himself indwells you. 
everywhere you go. And I always keep saying this because I just feel, I don't know why Lord keep pressing this on my heart, but he does. Where you go, you carry the kingdom of God with you. Remember we talked about that message on the whole gospel, how we often don't preach the whole gospel because we often miss out on one thing Jesus preached, which is the kingdom of God being re-established on the earth. Remember that? If you don't, go jump on YouTube and go back to last August and watch it. We miss this out in the gospel message so often. We focus on salvation, which is important, but we miss that the, the, the Jesus come to establish the kingdom of God here. And that carries on through us. Where you go, the kingdom of God goes. You are a representative of Jesus on the earth. And you are ambassadors for the kingdom of God. What a job title. If you ever thought that your job title was rubbish in your job, scrap that and just put that as your job title. People would certainly set up and listen to you, wouldn't they? Right? But you can claim that job title. Praise God. It is reasonable to suggest that if you are a Christian woman here today, you are a woman of faith. Is there any Christian woman here that would disagree with that? No one's brave enough, even if they are. <laughs> you are confident God is who he says he is. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Amen. And you trust that he will do what he says he will do. Yes? Amen. But will you be obedient to what he calls you to do? There's a bombshell. Yeah. Will you be obedient to what he calls you to do? Will you, all, all ladies here who've just said yes, will you, extraordinary women, through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, Step out in obedient faith and undertake extraordinary tasks in Jesus' name to advance the kingdom of God on the earth. No one's saying amen to that. <laughs> but quite often we start to go through things in our minds, don't we? But, but I can't. I have nothing to give. I have nothing to give. I have no skill. How can I make a difference? Well, Florence Nightingale was a member of the Church of England and often prayed for God to give her a task that would define her life. During the Crimean War, she trained and organised nurses to carry for wounded soldiers and became known as the founder of modern nursing. Here's one example. Fanny Crosby, though totally blind, wrote more than 9,000 hymns, many of which are among the most popular in today's church denominations. When her friend Howard Duane played a melody for her and said, see if it says anything to you, her joyful reply was, why, that says 
safely on to Jesus. Within half an hour, she had finished the poem, her most famous hymn, Blessed Assurance. There's another example. Susanna Wesley, through loss, financial hardship, and marital stress, the character of this woman of faith was forged. She is the mother of the most famous John and Charles Wesley. The same ones who brought the gospel to hundreds of thousands. Though none of her work were published, her children, John and Charles, her children, were greatly influenced by the lessons, the letters, and the biblical training she prepared for them. And they proceeded to make great strides for the sake of the gospel. Elizabeth Elliot, though martyrdom was a very real possibility, Elizabeth didn't waver as her husband and four other missionaries flew away to, uh, to tell a fierce Ecuadorian tribe about Jesus. When the men were speared to death, they were speared to death, Elizabeth was left a widow with a 10-month-old infant in a foreign country. Setting aside her grief, Elizabeth learnt the tribe's language and moved to their village to live out Christ's love and forgiveness. Elizabeth worked first in Ecuador and later around the world to tell many that they were loved with an everlasting love, no matter what they have done. These were all once ordinary women. They were all once ordinary women who were made extraordinary through commitment, their commitment and dedication to Christ and indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And then through their obedient faith were able to undertake extraordinary tasks. You can make a difference, ladies, just like these women did. You can. You can't birth Jesus. That's already happened. That's the one thing that you can't do. But are you the next Florence Nightingale? Are you the next Susanna Wesley? What could God be waiting to do through you? This Mother's Day, whether you are a biological or a spiritual mum, you're just a woman of any age. Whatever age has anything to do with it. You're a woman of any age. I want you to leave here today knowing that you are extraordinary because you are God's and he dwells with you always. I want to tell you that you can do extraordinary things because you are God's and he dwells with you always. It's not you that does it, it's Christ that does it through you. That's where obedient faith comes in. We are mere vessels for the Lord's work. 
that you can do, or should I say, you can do extraordinary things through you. Because you are his, and he dwells with you. You can make a difference in people's lives, because you are God's, and he dwells with you. You can make a difference in this world, but you can't guess what's coming next. Because you are God's, and he dwells with you. When you leave here today, I want to encourage you, be the woman of God he needs you to be. He needs you to be. Walk in obedient faith to God in whatever he prompts you to do, whatever that is. And do it all in the name of Jesus, all for the glory of God. And you watch the extraordinary things that he will do in you and through you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Shall we pray? Lord, we thank you so much for the gift of your Holy Spirit. Where would we be without your Holy Spirit? With us, in us, guiding us, strengthening us, keeping us on that, that narrow path. But Lord, today I particularly want to pray for all of our ladies. Lord, what wonderful, wonderful ladies we have at Welcome. I thank you, Lord, that you have made us different. And I thank you of the inspiration that so many hundreds and hundreds and thousands of women of faith have given us over the years. Help us all to look up and watch and observe their obedient faith in you. And I pray particularly, Lord, this morning that you would do, you would bring fresh revelation into the hearts of our ladies here. <coughs> Lord, help them to know without a shadow of a doubt how precious they are to you how much you love them, how much you know about them, more than they know will ever know about themselves, <coughs> because you were there at the beginning. You knew them before they were even conceived. That is how precious they are. But Lord, you gave us your Holy Spirit so that we, Lord, can continue your work on this earth. And though some people get frightened with that word supernatural, Lord, when supernatural meets natural, that is an extraordinary situation in the world. And I thank you for that. I thank you for that, that we have women here who are extraordinary because 
as he moves away with the Holy Spirit in your presence with them. But I just pray, Lord, that you fill their hearts afresh with ideas, with dreams, with possibilities of what they could do in your name for your kingdom on this earth. And help us to encourage that, to support them in whatever it is you place on their heart. Thank you, Lord. We thank you. Even Saul, who is coming in. Help us to see how precious we are and how amazing things we can do if we surrender our obedient faith to you and watch as your Holy Spirit works in and through us. Oh, Lord, how wonderful would it be if next week we have such testimonies of what you've already begun to do in, the, in people's lives. But for now, Lord, as we say we love you, we surrender ourselves afresh to you today. We gather all to you. Help us in our weakness. Help us when we do doubt. Just know that we do love you with our whole beings. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.